I'm Carrie Benedett, and this is my podcast, Thriving Matters, where you will find tools to revitalise you and your relationships, whether at work or in your personal life. Well, a little bit about me. I'm an education consultant specialising in emotional intelligence, and I use creative approaches that empower people with proven processes. I'm known for my high energy, passion and compassion for those in need of help. And I like to shine a spotlight on what we can do. I'm here to bring positivity, confidence and strength every day, everywhere. My mantra in life has been, let's give it a red hot shot. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Thrive Studio. And this morning, we're going to be talking with Simon Craggs, who is a principal uh, based in New Zealand. So just across the ditch, as the Aussies will sort of term that uh, expansive ocean. It's my great pleasure to welcome you to our thriving conversation um, this morning, Simon. So I know you're two hours ahead of us, so you're looking very handsome there. You're up and ready at it, and school's already started. Is that right? It has. Hello, yeah. everyone. Uh, thanks for joining us this morning. Looking forward to having a chat. Thanks, Simon. Now, uh, as we know, culture plays a very big part in every nation. And um, I think one of the most amazing examples, I think, of of culture and inclusion um, is the story that New Zealand has, has, has built itself. Um, so I may have put that into a too simpler um, window to, to have a look at or, or through a particular lens. But Simon's here now. Simon, uh, congratulations. You've just got a new position as principal of Papakura High School um, on the North Island. Yes, in um, South Auckland. South Auckland, lovely. In beautiful Auckland. And many, many of these, many Australians already know what Auckland's like and uh, particularly uh, the, you know the great the great harbour that you have. I have uh, quite a affinity with um, Wahiki Island. Some amazing experiences over there, living on the Marae um, with my very good friend Dr. Jan Robinson. So, but Simon, we're talking about thriving now. We all know that in life, thriving isn't easy. It um, it perhaps sounds glamorous, but it actually for me is is more of a doing. It's more of, um, and I love the length of the word thriving because actually we go from tall letters down to low letters. So if you if you actually looked at the, the way the, the letters make up the word thriving move, they're actually, they actually go into different heights. And that's for me what thriving's like because not every day is an easy day. Now, I'm going to say to you first thing, what, what gets you out of bed every morning? What puts that smile on your face? Gets you to do what you want to do? Um, it's a whole range of things, Carrie. I think that my family, my whanau, is, is the number one thing that gets me out of bed in the morning. Having them around energises me and um, I'm always excited to see what the day's going to bring in terms of, of them, with my, my lovely wife and my two teenage children who can be <laughs> a challenge at times but are also fantastic human beings, so I'm, I'm really proud of them and then in terms of what I do for a living um, I think education is a fantastic opportunity to to change people's lives and mm. and that's part of the reason why I've taken up the challenge of public at a high school from what what I guess you could say was an easier school um, at my previous one um, but yeah I, I just see a real opportunity to 
um, change communities to improve outcomes for people and to make a difference, I guess. And really, education fits so well into being able to provide the ecosystem or the environment for that to happen. Um, what a what a privilege to be um, principal of a, of a new school. Now, every t every uh, time that somebody new comes into a community, we usually welcome them in some way. So, I believe you had a beautiful experience on Friday. Would you like to share it with us? Yeah, sure. Um, so we had a, a coffee, which is a Maori welcoming ceremony, uh, and that involved. Uh, members of or my family were there, um, my my wife and children, my parents came and uh, members of the community where I've come from, where I was the principal of the school, the, the local local iwi or, or tribe were represented there by um, about 10 or 11 people came along from there and also a large contingent of students from my previous school, the Kapahaka group, the senior student leaders, and some of the senior staff as well were there to hand me over. So officially as part of the ceremony, it was it was a handing over and um, I was welcomed by the local iwi, by the local, um, the, the Māori staff in the school and all of the whole school was involved in that. And um, it was outstanding how well behaved the students were. This probably went for about 45 minutes to an hour. Most of it's conducted in Māori. And the, the children sat, uh, the students sat and paid full attention. They participated really well in, in the singing. And it was just a really special occasion for me. Um, and also important for the community to see um, me being supported and backed up by people from my previous community. So having that, sort of bringing that mana, which um, is a term that sort of describes prestige, um, oh, having that yeah. is important in moving forward, I think. Well, I, I imagine uh, you've got video footage and, and whatever of that captured the moment, or photographs at least, yes. um, and it would have would have been uh, quite spectacular. I've been part of some welcoming ceremonies and um, they act, they touch your heart. They you actually feel like it's gone straight into uh, gone into you. It's just it's just beautiful. So I'm mm. very pleased you were honoured that way and welcomed. That's uh, that's lovely, Simon. Um, Thriving Conversations or Thrive Studio um, really talks to ordinary guys and girls who are doing extraordinary things. And so that's why I'm talking to you this morning. That's why um, most of the guests that we have um, you know, are able to tell us what it is that they, they really love in their life and work. So you've talked about family and you've talked about work, um, the work that you do. Um, has there been somebody or an occasion or an experience in your life that has really made an impact on how you actually show up each day in the world. So what's, it goes into your core beliefs about who you are and what you can contribute. Mm. Um, well, I have Christian beliefs and that, that's going back um, quite some time from when I was young. And that's really important to me and that spiritual aspect um, in my life and in terms of people there have been probably 
two or three really key people that have been big influences on myself, particularly in my leadership practice. And um, they would be the main role models and mentors for me. But I also try to learn off every person that comes along, um, every leader that I've worked with, good and bad. Uh, yeah. There is a few leaders that I've learned what not to do uh, from as well. So, yeah, I guess if you've got a mindset of, you know, what can I learn from this person, what can they teach me, uh, both good and bad, then you're going to grow um, and pick up bits and pieces here and there and that will eventually mould together and shape who you are and, and, and what you become and what you do in your life. That's uh, it's interesting, isn't it? What what I can learn from you because it's not what um, what you can do because I tell you to. Um, it's actually quite a flipped um, way of, of thinking. What can I learn from you? And and I would say the number of people that I've been talking to around the world now in in various businesses and um, education, that's exactly their mindset. What is it that they're continual learners? So what is it that they can continue to learn from nearly every situation? So you'd have some reflective practices that you use or you would have some place that you get um, or that you seek seek out for some some time for thinking through things. Have you got any, any strategies or practices that you think you've been able to develop over the years um, and that you perhaps are on autopilot now and use without knowing? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, for the last sort of four four years or so, I've had a bit of a commute, about a 30-minute drive each way. Uh-huh. And um, I've tried a number of different things over that time uh, to be reflective. I've worked with some mindfulness, through some mindfulness programs, playing some podcasts, those sorts of things. But actually what I find um, the best is to just take that in silence and that gives me time for reflecting um, on the way in in the morning that helps me to to prepare myself think through the things that I need to do for the day um, what are the some of the big issues that I'm grappling with how am I going to deal with those um, and then on the way home to unwind and leave that stuff behind so that when I come home to my family I'm present with them and not preoccupied with whatever happened during the day at work and that works most of the time my wife might disagree yeah there are occasions where it does I do bring stuff home with me and and uh, I need to continually work on ways that I can I can put that sort of stuff to the side um also I have my own as I mentioned before my spiritual practices that are important for Mm. keeping me centered and keeping me focused on you know being the kind of person that I want to be. Yeah, it's, it's uh, some of those um, family of origin practices, um, uh, I, would, I would call it, they're very strong and they stay with you no matter um, how else you develop other sides to your, um, your, your yourself. Uh, and it's, it's interesting, isn't it, because every now and then I will find a um, similar thing brought up in... Um, in a religious family background and every now and then you'll find yes there's a, there's a practice there that you um it just 
just happens. It just just comes. It may be the thought or the mantra that you use or the prayer perhaps or um, but it, it just comes back without an intent. It just seems to to arrive or be there mm. when you need it. Yeah, um, yeah. and uh, it's uh, it's beautiful. Now, I'm going to um, say to you, um, what is it in life you haven't done yet that you really want to do? Is there something that you want to do now? We've got an interesting situation with a with a world pandemic. So, mm. yeah, is there something that there is there sitting there that you still really want to do? Um, I'm a bit of an adventurer. I like getting outdoors and and doing um, tramps and things. Like just before Christmas, my son and I and a couple of his mates and their dads did a lads and dads tramp around Lake Waikaremoana, which is a few oh. hours south of here. Beautiful uh, tramp. And so I like to do new adventures. And there's there's a few things on my list that I'd be keen to do that I haven't done yet. So. We just actually got a message over the weekend from some friends who are keen to do a, a canoeing trip down the Whanganui River. Oh. Uh, so we're starting planning on that. Hopefully we can get that off the ground. There's a few great walks in the South Island that I'd love to do. Um, the Kepler Track, probably the Milford, that's a bit cliche these days, but uh, some of those tracks I'd love to do as well. Um, yeah, I, I just like doing new adventures. Uh, yeah. I'm not I'm not a mountaineer or anything like that, so I won't be knocking off Everest <laughs> or anything like that. Um, but yeah, and I do like to get out and, and try different adventures and things. And, and the more I can do of those, the better. The um, you you mentioned the word tramping, so some of some of our listeners might know what that means. I think most of the Aussies will, but um, mm, hiking. It's it's hiking, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Do you do you know where the word where the word came from? Where it's no, I don't. No, yeah. it's just something that we've always used over here, and and yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure where it comes from. I'm sure it has some interesting origin. Well, of of all the countries in the world that I've been to, I think New Zealand has packed in most of the geology of the rest of the world. It is the most magnificent um, country. Um, and not just for its people, but um, and its culture, but also for its um, for its landscapes, for its uh, its vistas, for its challenge, and um, New Zealand really has a, a um, reputation of being um, into extreme sports. Um, you're very competitive. We know that. <laughs> very competitive. Good on you. Um, but it's um, I did I did the Milford Sound with my youngest son a couple of years ago, and I know it's cliche, but it was absolutely stunning. Absolutely mm -hmm. stunning. So. Um, if I was probably a little bit um, ab more able back-wise and, um, and, and knee-wise, I'd probably do some of those harder ones as well. But Milford wasn't, was not um, easy, um, no. but it was very, very enjoyable just, and it's just magnificent. So um, I've done um, Queen Charlotte as well. Um, so I did, did a, I've done a couple. So well done you. Now, Everyone can see what you've got around your neck. So, would you like to to give us some of um, s some um, ex explanation? Yeah, sure. This was a gift from um, the board of trustees at previous school, and uh, it's quite symbolic. It was quite impressive, actually. Within the space of a week and a half from resigning to the end of the school year, which was um, 
quite a rushed sort of period of time, but they were able to get this carved, which, which represents oh, wow. um, myself at the bottom. And that is uh, the learning and skills that I bring. And and that is, oh, so this is the learning that I've, I, I bring with me that I've picked up over time. I'm not sure if you can see it. Oh, it's beautiful. Take it off and hold it a bit closer. Um, as I describe it. Oh, wow. Is it stunning? And you, you have the abalone. Is abalone? Um, yeah, shell. power, we call it, which is the um, the shell of the, the abalone. Uh, that's the, the skills that I have that I bring with me. And this here goes up to, you know, wow. I've got, actually got a description of it here. And that's my lineage. And the, that shape there is a mangopare or the hammerhead shark. And oh. that represents my two children, one on either side there. Yeah. And then at the top is my wife, Lisa. And she is also represented by a mato, which is a, a fish hook. And uh, the, the woman who had it commissioned made it very clear to point out that um, I was very lucky to have her. She was at the top for a reason. <laughs> and, and that she she has me hooked, um, which I think is quite fantastic. Oh, Simon, I love that. Thank yeah, you. So, sure. I, I have been mesmerised. I'm, I'm going right. I, I just need to ask you, is it stunning? Uh, is it whale bone? Or what, what, what's it been carved from? Uh, good question. Know? It is bone. But is I bone, don't yeah. know if it's whale bone. I'm not sure what bone it comes from. But it, it, is, it is a bone carving. But it's very, very beautiful. I'm very honoured to have it and very <laughs> proud of it. I'm going to say we've just had um, Alex uh, just tell us what a great morning's drive to work listening to you both. Thank you. So, Alex... Um, Alex is just a new position this year in new school, so one of one of our fine educators here in here in, in Australia. So well done, you, Alex. Hello, Alex. <laughs> thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much. Um, this is this is a great little facility. Um, we can um, talk and type at the same time if I can get my my act together. <laughs> there we go. And I Gary, while, I'm, um, while we're talking about things like that, can I show you the other gift that, that yes, I was please. given from here? I'll yes. just go grab it. Great. <laughs> One of uh, it's wonderful when you have um, have really important. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So not only was I given the beautiful bone carving, but the the woman oh. who organised that made this herself for me in just over a week. This beautiful oh. cloak of kurawai. It's okay. So it's a cloak. So it's a kurawai. Yeah. Kurawai yep. is the name for it. Yeah. Okay. It's absolutely stunning. So I, I had to show that off. I'm very very proud of that. <laughs> now, is this is it for all, only certain ceremonies, Simon, or can you wear it, or are you expected to wear it, or you don't wear it? What tell us? Uh, it is it's very ceremonial, so I, I wouldn't wear it unless it was an important ceremony. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I wore it on Friday at the Porphyry and, and was very proud that the woman who had made it was there as well oh. to be part of the, the team that was handing me over. It was funny, they made a comment to the, the local people 
they said uh, you better look after him or we'll come pick him up <laughs> which i thought was beautiful <laughs> it's beautiful tell yeah. me um i when you just showed me that my, i sort of i got i get goosebumps when something really hits hits hard um how did you feel when you wore that on friday were you able to tap into to how you were feeling i know you mm. probably were paying attention to what was going on so you could be responsive but it would have been amazing well i, I talked to you, to you before about uh, the, the word mana or prestige that um that maori people use it it's more than prestige it's it's a a sense of pride and and all of those things that it, it's one of those words that's really hard to translate and mm. i guess that's what i felt having that that kōrowai to wear um, gave me a great sense of mana that, that um, I had been respected enough that somebody would gift me something so wonderful. Yeah, uh, it's just um, I think uh, it's in your it's, it's in your office, isn't it? Do you hang you hang it up? I suppose. Um, yes. And yeah. it would be it could very well be um, something that works as a trigger for you. Uh, it, it may be often, often as as when you wear something around your neck, it's it's a memory or it's an honour um, to, to you, but it also is a memory of an occasion or or a particular value. So um, you're mm. sur you're surrounded, and that's what I that's what I really love about um, Māori culture. Um, there is there's a passion, and it's like a dogged. We're, we're, this is this is. We're not letting this go. This is not going to be lost. We're, we're, we're living this. And all the principals in New Zealand and many of the leaders um, speak Māori, don't they? Yeah. Um, well, at least enough to be able to participate in a, in a mm. pōwhiri or another ceremonial occasion like that. Yeah, yeah we need to, yeah. need to be able... It's an important part of being... Uh, an educational leader in this country is to be able to connect on that level yes. with the tangata whenua, with the, the people of the land. That's it. It's beautiful. And um, what we what we notice in the way that you um, you speak is that the Maori words actually come into the conversation, into the dialogue. Um, so one of uh, when I had some time on the marae over on Wahiki, um, we we did a lot of singing. We did a we did a lot of working together. We uh, were able to sleep under the magnificent carved gods in the in in the main hall area there, um, mm. and we, we got to meet a whole lot of the the, the locals, um, telling us telling us all about their uh, their heritage, and and what it is to be Māori. So uh, thank you, thank you for that. So for mm. the student for the students and the staff in your school, um, how is how is culture embedded into your everyday life. What would be an example of what you do? Uh, we start all of our meetings with a karakia, with a prayer uh, in Māori, and that's that's just embedded as one of the practices that we do. We encourage that in our classrooms as well for teachers to um, start. We have a school karakia um, that everybody knows. And it's the responsibility of all the staff to be able to, in fact, me coming in, I'm having to learn it, um, but all the other staff know it. We sing waiata on, on my first staff meeting here. Um, we were practising some waiata for the, the pōwhiri that were coming up, and I was just blown away by the 
the passion and the volume of the singing <laughs> from the, the staff team here. Um, a lot of our staff are Pacifica, Māori, you know, from Samoa and Tongan, Cook Island, Niue, and all sorts of different yeah. beautiful backgrounds, and, and they bring incredible diversity with them. And um, it's just part of what we do is, is we honour um, the Māori culture as much as we can. 60% of the students at the school are Māori. Um, one of the, the tensions, I suppose, is that there are significant tribal differences around the country, and we uh, have to have a commitment through the Treaty of Waitangi to work with our local iwi and hapu, our local tribe and sort of sub-tribes, to, to use their tikanga, their customs in our school. Right. But a lot of our students actually come from other areas of New Zealand. Um, a number of our Māori students come from up north, um, which is a different iwi with different customs. Yes. But, so the practices that we do in this school are, are local to our local iwi Ngāti Tama Oho, and which is part of the wider Waikato Tainui. Um, and they, for example, pay homage to the Māori king, who's based down just north of Hamilton, Ngarawahia, down there. Yeah. And so when we do a kōrero, we need to acknowledge the Māori king um, every time we're, we're doing a speech. That's that's just part of the local yeah. way of doing things, whereas up north they, they wouldn't do that. Um, even though they recognise him, it's not as important to them. So, yeah, there's just there are subtle differences around the country and... and what we need to do is to honour our local mm. area. It's, it's like, um, uh, well, it's an extended family in a way. Um, this, this may be too simple, but in any extended family, we have, we have yeah, traditions and rituals and we have personalities and we, have, we know we have certain triggers that's, that um, if not attended to or something happens um, or something said, tend to um, make a bit of a noise, you know, challenge everybody and rattle things up a bit. So it's no different in a large community. I mean, the school is very large, isn't it? Um, so, and you, it's all boys? No, it's no. co-ed. Oh, fantastic. Yep. Okay, okay. And um, we've about a thousand students this year. That's yeah. So that's a large, large um, community of personality, of heritage, of ability, of dreams and passions, of of opportunities. So, yes, the um, most of your students would they be staying in New Zealand um, after they've finished their school? Yeah, mostly. Um, our community is a is a lower socioeconomic community. So part of what we try to do is to raise aspirations to look beyond just life in South Auckland. Uh, a lot of our students have actually never travelled out of South Auckland. Yeah. So we try to create experiences in the school that will give them those opportunities to go um, beyond and to open up their horizons to see the wider world. So, and that's, that's the opportunity, isn't it? And now we're looking at a future that's um, 
could possibly be quite different to what we experienced as we were mm. growing up and even, um, say, two um, year 12 groups, you know, previously to this. Um, it's a very different situation. Um, so I was just thinking to myself, um, you would have some funny stories, you would have some interesting experiences over your time with, with young people. Do you have a... Um, do you have something that um, to do the work you do, you must really like people, number one. You must love what you do. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm making an assumption there. That's why that's why you've been honoured so, so well and, uh, you know, you're going to go back to the other school if they don't look after you here. <laughs> um, <laughs> what, have you got um, particular um, thoughts or, and beliefs around educating young people? Yeah, I think that everybody deserves the same opportunity to have a successful life. And education is the keys to the world, I guess. It's um, it's your ticket to the next step. And if you don't have mm. the levels of education that you need to access that next step, then um, it, it's going to put your life path backwards. So... Uh, I guess I've I have a strong value around um, equity and fairness, and I've always felt strongly about those things since I was really young. You could ask my parents; we had a few rows about what was fair and what wasn't fair back in the in those days. Um, and it's something that's always stuck with me, and it's about you know. A lot of our kids don't have the same opportunities that other children have yeah. because of the families that they come from or the values in their households or mm. the socioeconomic conditions that they live in, particularly with, and we've seen in this country over the last 10 to 15 years, a, a rise in inequality caused by housing prices, really. Mm. Um, cost of rent, the cost of um, buying a house yeah. in Auckland now, the, the average house price is around a million dollars. In this area in Papakura, it's less, but it's going up all the time and it's pricing families out of, out of housing and creates insecurity. We've mm. got kids who come and go sort of, I think, the most that we've seen is a, a, is a child who's been to 12 different schools. Right. Um, a lot of that's moving through emergency housing, yeah. um, all of those sorts of scenarios. And when I think about that, you know, that's not fair on those kids. It's not their fault. Um, we've got to try and wrap around those kids and provide them the same opportunities that they would get somebody somewhere else if they were in a different situation. Yeah, it's, it's a deep care for people that um, I can hear coming through. Um, and you're right, it's it's not fair. And I think one of the challenges that we, we can actually work on um, is is how do we actually make education more equitable for, for our students, not, not just in New Zealand, but in around the world. Um, the, uh, the pandemic, the way that we locked down um, during the, um, uh, in 2020, um, also is, is still continuing. I mean, I've, we uh, were talking to some people, uh, principal in India uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it, it's nearly um, nine months of lockdown that they had in India. 
Um, they've, they've just reopened up their schools, um, but other countries have been closed down. So depending on um, edu education became one of the, I think one of the uh, solutions to a health issue. Um, and so here in Australia, we, we've, Victoria had two, two, two lockdowns, but we haven't had it uh, to the same extent as other countries around the world. So in a way, being islands at, the, uh, at this, part, this part of the world in the Southern Hemisphere has, has been an advantage for us. But uh, we, we have to keep focused on the kids and their future and uh, uh, what it is that we can provide opportunity-wise for what, what they do after school. Um, because they're, you know, they're they're entitled to in, have have a life that they where they can earn, and where they can um, look after their families, where they can look after themselves. So it's um it's a great thing schools do um, in nurturing that sense of community and a sense of hope as well for 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 a future that's yet quite unknown. So some of your students. Um, Coming into, to, you see them coming into work each day. You, you're getting a few greetings from them. Do they? Uh, <laughs> you get each other. I often wonder how do you remember a thousand names? Do you have a trick up your sleeve? Because I think there'd be a few of us that'd be interested in that. <laughs> um, I try to use their name when I first meet them, so I always try to say it back to them. Um, that works sometimes, not all of the time, uh, <laughs> and. To be honest, you're never going to know everybody's name. It's just not possible. Uh, but if you can know as many as you can and, and um, you know, work hard at it. And, I mean, I've got to learn the staff's name as well. There's 100 staff. So <laughs> that's the first priority. Uh, the kids are probably going to have to wait. Um, but no, it's great to – I went out um, after school on Friday and was just sort of hanging out at the gate saying goodbye to the, the – students wishing them a long, nice long weekend. And it was just fantastic to see they're, they're incredibly engaging young people. They look you in the eye, they shake your hand, many of them. Um, and I'm just so proud to be the principal. And, and I know that um, our future is in really good hands. What, what it is, do you have something that you, <clears throat> if you were able to tell all your young people, not just in New Zealand, but around the world, um, if you were to say, you know, there's one thing I'd just like to tell you that is, could make a difference to you to you, and the way you live your life or the way you see your opportunities, what, what could it be? It would probably be that you will find the most fulfilment in your life by looking out for others, um, by caring about others, not, not worrying about getting stuff for yourself or having the best whatever the best instagram page <laughs> and all of those sort of things that what will give you the most fulfillment in your life is is caring and looking out for others and growing other people yeah and i think many of our kids understand that that it's not about money or academic achievement or whatever it's about being a good person and being a good a person who works to make their communities better. Mm. I think they, the young people these days actually understand that better than my generation did at my age, at, at their age. So that you, you, so that's been quite obvious to you? 
Yeah, it is. When I look at um, the young people that I work with, and I reflect back on what I was like at that age, uh, <laughs> and my group of friends and things, I certainly feel like um, young people today are more aware of what it means to be a good person and a good citizen, whether that's through education or whether it's because they're so connected online. I don't know. Mm. But that's my belief. You, you would probably see it in their behaviours, um, in the way that they they interact, the way they treat each other, the way they rally when there's some type of challenge or um, um, I was going to say a crisis, but not necessarily a crisis, mm. but it's... Um, so, uh, something that's unfortunate or an accident or Ill illness, um, a rally round. And that's what I, um, to me, it comes down to everyone wants to know that what they're doing is valuable or have, have some purpose with what they do. Um, and together, I just, I just think some of, the, some of our young people, we, we just don't give them enough credit. Um, uh, we tend to, you know, there's a, that view of, um, only speak when you are when you are spoken to. That's something that's long gone because the voices of our youth need to be strong and they need to they need to understand their cultures, but they also need to be able to build community. The relationships are are what we've been talking about today. The relationship with the Maori culture in in, in New Zealand and particularly in your in your area of New Zealand. Um, relationships with the families, what you do, the care. Relationships with your staff. And, and, your, and your students. And to me, you know, our thriving comes down to how do we have that relationship with ourselves, and then how do we have it with others? And I really like what you said. I've noted a couple of things down today, um, fulfilment in life and looking out for others. But then you said, you know, it's about growing others. So each of us, no matter whether we've got a degree behind us um, and, uh, you know, trained as a teacher or whatever, um, it does to me that doesn't matter. It, it's our whole philosophy about how we see ourselves in the world and how we treat others. So that uh, huge need for empathy at the moment. You've got a great example um, of leadership uh, around empathetic leadership with your prime minister, um, and uh, who who received quite a quite a bit of uh, international attention around um, around the way she she managed. Her communication with the with the population, New Zealand in 2020. Simon, if there's one more thing you want to tell everybody, leave it with us. A thought for the day or a wish for tomorrow. What would it be? Because I know you've got to go. Uh, I guess for me it would be that um, we need to show faith in our young people uh, because they have capabilities that we never had in my generation and they are going to really change the world and sometimes I think we just need to get out of the way and allow them to do that and to yeah and and to not pick at them and criticize them for trying to do that I, I sometimes listen to talkback radio which is one of my weaknesses, <laughs> I guess. And um, after the climate marches and, and things like that that happened last year, listening to some of the, the older generation and the way they talked about the young people was really quite disappointing. Yeah. Um, 
because these kids are going out there, they're wanting to change the world for the better, um, not just for their generation, but for the future generations beyond them yep. and for our generation as well. Um, and here we are criticising them for doing that. Um, yeah, I just think we need to have faith in them because they're going to they're going to do amazing things, and uh, that gives me hope every day when I talk to young people and and realise how amazing they are and what a great future we've got in store for us. Oh, it's beautiful. Well, you're talking about their voice, and with their voice comes the action. So, what is it that they can do? So, we've had a, an interesting conversation this morning. We've blended culture with with some thriving and some some um, ways that you do this yourself but also how your community does it and um, so I want to thank you for that uh, everyone usually I just say to uh, my guests here's a couple of questions it might go this way it may not and on the whole we do transverse some um, <laughs> commonality of the questions but we, we let the conversation take us where we want. So Simon is one of the global speakers on the Global Leaders Thrive program that starts next week based in Australia and we get to New Zealand in March. So if you're looking at um, or you're curious about Global Leaders Thrive, pop onto our website. I'll put uh, put that in our, in our notes as well. Simon, if anyone would like to contact you, um, what's the best way they can do it? Uh, probably through LinkedIn. Uh, I think you've got the, the yep. my details for my page, so it's probably the best way to contact. Just flick me a message, connect with me. Uh, be happy to to have a conversation further if if you're interested in anything we've talked about today. I met this is I met um, just as a last thing. I met Simon a couple of years ago when he came over from uh, New Zealand to um, Australia when we were. Uh, when I was working in education as well. And so um, it's great to be able to make um, a, a renewed link um, for that. So I'm in every best wish. Thank you for absolutely showing us um, the amazing gifts and honour that you, has been bestowed on you in your new school community. Thanks for um, sharing your, your thoughts and insights around education. Um, listeners, if you'd like to know more about what I do, pop on to carriebenedette.com or Global Leaders Thrive. As Simon said, we have um, profiles on LinkedIn, easy place to find us. Um, thanks, Alex, for joining in and anybody else. We will also put this on the Thriving Matters podcast. So till next time, everybody, go gently. Your thriving does matters. You are precious and so is our world. So take care, everyone. Thank you again, Simon. Great to have you on with us this morning. Have a great Thanks, day. <laughs> Have a great day. I keep down all. Goodbye. Thanks everybody.